0: Yes, it's Tuesday, January 31. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. And last night, we saw Steve Smith awarded the Allen Border Medal for the fourth time. Only two other cricketers have won that award on four occasions. They are Ricky Ponting and Michael Clarke. So Steve Smith joining them there with 171 votes, finishing ahead of Travis Head, who had 144, and Dave Warner, 141. And uh, the Belinda Clark award went to Beth Mooney, and we're going to speak to Beth Mooney a little later this morning. We've got Stewie Clark coming up shortly to break down the awards and also look ahead to the Tour of India and, of course, the final, or the finals. There's still two matches left in the Big Bash as well. Uh, we saw yesterday Philadelphia and Kansas City win through to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona in a couple of Mondays' time, and uh, great to see Bankstown boy Jordan Mylata formerly with the Bankstown Bulls in Rugby League and played uh, under-20s with Souths. He's over there, left tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he gets to play in a Super Bowl in a couple of Mondays' time. It is a great story. And yesterday, it was all made official. Graeme Arnold, a four-year extension, so through to the 2026 World Cup as coach of the Socceroos. Now, his role also includes mentoring coaches of our youth national teams and working across talent identification and pathways as well. Now, Arnold lamented the fact that we don't have a national home of football and the Socceroos not receiving high-performance funding. And they are issues that he really wants to help resolve. And just when I saw, I guess, his news conference yesterday and the comments of James Johnson, I guess, you know, I know they, to an extent, had to put their tail between their legs, Football Australia, but credit to them for putting egos away and realising that, this is the right man in the right role right now. And it made me think maybe Rugby Australia have done the right thing with Eddie Jones as well, but that's obviously you know, to be determined. But when you think pathways and talent identification, like mm. to have an Aussie coach there who knows intimately the grassroots levels of the game in Australia, which Graham Arnold clearly does, and the pathways, etc., and to get him involved in that side as well as mentoring other coaches and as well as being the soccerers coach. It's
1: just... It's an all-encompassing job. Yeah, but it's result-driven world. So, six months ago, they were talking about sacking him before the World Cup. He got absolutely flogged in the media, yet we go and have an amazing World Cup campaign, and now he's the greatest coach in the country.
2: They want him running everything.
1: Like, mate, can you, be, <laughs> can you also be CEO? You've got a free 15 minutes. Can you be CEO? It's a great example of what we do here. It's the... Honestly, like we, we would sit here talking about the NRL season and all three of us have gone, yep, there'll be three coaches sacked this <laughs> year. How can you go from the worst coach on the planet to, oh, mate, can, can you also be CEO? Can you also run cricket while you're there because you're the greatest leader the world's ever set? Like we just boot people so quickly. Mm. Half an opportunity, a couple of fa- – like when a team fails, there's more to it than the coach. You could have players out. You could have players injured. It could be the opposition you're playing against. It could be out of form. It's it's like being a player as well. Class is permanent. You know, form is temporary. And that's what you talk about over long periods of time. That's exactly what you find out, that the best players find a way to get through those tough periods. And that's exactly what Graham Arnold's done. Yet, I don't know why anybody's surprised. He, He wasn't a bad coach six months ago. And he's not a better coach now. In six months, you can't go from a clubby to mm. the world's best coach. It's just a great example of how we, we live in a result driven world. If you lose, you're hopeless. If you win, we will bow to you.
2: I'll tell you what, I do agree with Arnie with the, a home for the soccer roos. Definitely. They do need a home, they need a mm. centre of excellence. Need a base, a for sure. A base, yeah. for sure. Whether it's here in Sydney, Melbourne, wherever, they definitely need something. Yeah, for sure. And it's deserving, too, because it is a world game. Because we've debated so much, in,
0: in particularly in those two sports, football, soccer and rugby, about the benefits of having overseas coaches. And we've debated here, do you just get the best man for the job? Due to the intricacies of talent ID and pathways, particularly in soccer and rugby, perhaps we do need yeah. Australians who know those it Depends
1: on your role. systems
0: better than an overseas coach would. So when I read Graham Arnold the fact that that will be his role I thought mm. oh, well that's perfect right now. Yeah. Because football and it's the same with Eddie Jones who knows intimately the systems it here d- in Australia. D-
1: depends on what your job is as well. If your job's to coach the the number 1 team, the Australian team, it's very different to what Arnie's doing now. So was his role that before? You know, this is the other thing. To me, in any sport, the best coach for your team, if that is what your job is, is the best coach. It shouldn't matter what country you're from. But if you need, if it's more than that, like you, I remember talking to Loz about when you do the origin job, it's not just about coaching the New South Wales State of Origin team. There's a lot more to it. So if that's the case, then again, you do need to have invested into grassroots. You do need to know our system. You do need to have experienced something overseas or something else that's worked that you compare to and go, well, maybe we can tinker here. Maybe we can make these changes here. So, I mean, Arnie's role right now, there's absolutely no doubt he's the right man for the job but if they're just gonna go on who is the best guy to coach you know the the high the national team then I don't I wouldn't have a problem with them getting someone that's not Australian well I, you've I experienced think, it with yeah, Mickey Arthur yeah mm. and he and Mickey Arthur's role was not to go and look after first-class cricket or go and look after junior cricket in the country it was just to coach the Australian cricket team and you know I I, I think I think that should be open, but your role dictates what you're looking for.
0: We're going to speak to Stewie Clark, I believe, shortly, but uh, give us a call, thirteen fifty-three fifty-three. 53 Some Raiders news around today, Loz. The Telegraph reporting there's a big battle on for the number nine jersey there this year, the Denny Levi, who spent last year there at Huddersfield. He played 112 NRL games for, well, he was with the Knights for quite a few years, played at uh, Manly and Brisbane as well. And he's set to play in their first trial against Canterbury, February 12 at Maruya. And, of course, Tom Starling's there. Zach Wolford was a great little re- revelation for the Raiders yep. there last year as well. Uh, so that's going to be one to watch in the pre-season there for your
2: club. Nothing like having competition, bitter. You know? uh, when you've got competition, you've got people that need to train hard. They've got to put their best foot forward and... Um, You know, the Raiders have got three really good dummy halves. Tommy Starling, Zach Wolford, and now Denny Levi. And when Levi hit the scene a couple of years ago, there was massive raps on him. You know, he's played for the Kiwis. He's played for Samoa. um, But he's been inconsistent with his performances. Hasn't found a home, a long-term home. Gone away and played in the UK. And now he's back. And I think he'll be better for it. So... Really looking forward to seeing which way they go, the Canberra Raiders, but he looks fit, he looks healthy. Um, The big thing about the Raiders is, you know, last year they started the year without their number seven. Um, Their fullback this year, Xavier Savage, didn't start as the number one, so they're working on a new spine. Uh, Hodgson went down early, Um, so I think they did really well to make the finals last year. Uh, They've got a strong squad again this season and it'd be disappointing if they don't play finals football with the squad that they've been able to assemble and i think with maguire going down there um, that's think, going to be interesting to see the impact of madge yeah i, th- at I the think it'll be strong i think he'll have an impact straight away mm. I, th- I think the guys um, will respect him um, you've got two grand final uh, or grand final winning coaches uh, in your organisation um, you've got the kiwi coach in Madge as well, um, so they want for nothing. They've got the new centre of excellence down there. They'll be training hard. They're always tough to beat in Canberra, um, and I think they're in for a, a really good year. I wonder how many of us are going to have them in the in eight? Our eight. The Raiders. Oh, they'll make the eight. Ooh, mm. I like it. You nice don't think they will? Com-
0: no, I think they'll be on the fringe again. I yeah, think no, they'll, I, they'll I, be. They, let's face it. it you said the other day how many teams weak. are not going to that are, were there last year are not going to be there this year. I just think the Raiders are going to be one of those sides that people are debating: is that the side that drops out? Yeah, but, but the Raiders are one of those teams. You look at them; they could go either way. They could sneak into the four if they. You I'm know, just looking at. I'm just looking at their I, I think
2: Xavier mm. Savage. Not will sure be they can sneak into the a four. A lot better. I'm not sure about that. Seb Crisp will be a lot better. Matt Tomoko will be a, will be a lot better. They get their half back back to start the season. Um, I, I think there's a lot more positives about them this year than what there was at the start of last year. Mm.
0: No, I just think their range, Clarky, is, is large, the Raiders. You don't want them getting too many injuries, particularly in key positions. Well, I'm not sure they're making top four, though. Like Joe Tarpany, what a season he had last no, year. Well, I think I, top yeah, eight. I think uh, top yeah, eight.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. I, I, but I think top eight. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I, I think they'll I mean, be, be I think disappointed they'll be in my they didn't eight. play yeah. finals. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that, for sure.
0: Now, boys, for Tom sure. Trebojevic is back in Australia uh, and I believe he's fronting a news conference there today to give an update on his progress after he went over there and worked with uh, Bill Knowles after, of course, Luttrell did, Mitchell did last year and Ryan Pappenhausen has done. And uh, he's going to give an update on his progress as he hopes to be fit for round one for Manly this year. But... Uh, Over our break on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend, I saw this that uh, Peter Peters came on and uh, Josh Reynolds was sitting in the chair here. And uh, Peter Peters said that he'd release Turbo if the injuries continue. That, you know, it'd be a business decision that Manly would have to consider should he have recurrences, of course, of this hamstring injury. And uh, indicated even that Trubojevic may even have to retire early. Uh, he also urged Seabold, Anthony Seibold, the new coach there, to start Turbo in the centres, so as to, I guess, Easy protect his season. load, ease yeah. him into the season, etc. Big call from obviously Peter yeah. Pretors of Storwart there at the club, oh, there think, at Manly, yeah. to say something like that I, about I, your most important player. But let's face it. You've got to get output for the investment that you're putting in. So yeah, I understand you do. his position, you, but you do. he's still the most dangerous player in the game, just about fully fit.
2: Uh, mate, I think fully fit. He's arguably the best player in the game. Mm. Um, so for me, Tommy Turbo, it's a big year obviously coming up for him. Um, I understand to a degree where Zorba's coming from because if you've got your highest paid player and he's continually on the sideline, at some point you have to make a decision on him. But I think that's way too early at the moment. I think he'll come back a lot stronger for spending time over there in America. He'll come back a better player. Um, And I I think, you know, with hamstrings, the the injuries that he's suffered, he probably hasn't been working it properly, I'm assuming. And, you know, you can't not go through a footy career without suffering injuries. You just don't want the long-term ones. And Turbo, unfortunately, the last couple of years, hasn't played as many games as he wants. I had Hemi. Clarkie had Hemi. You're always going to have issues mm. with them. Mm. You're always – and you're still never going to be 100% in your in your mind. Yeah, you know, being able to go, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% ready. Um, but I think rehabbing these days is completely different to how we rehabbed. And I can remember going through a season where I played more rep games than I did club games, and I was heavily criticised mm. as well. And I took it to heart, and you want to prove people wrong, mm. you get a bit more diligent in the way you prepare, and you, I think you come back a really stronger, uh, stronger physically, but also mentally. And, and I reckon Tommy T this season – will show everyone why Manly have invested so heavily in him. I can see him having just one of those years where it's just, bang, right, this is what we've been missing. This is who he is and this is what I can do and I'm proving a point to everyone that I'm the best in the game. That's how I see his season going.
0: Playing devil's advocate, though, and by all reports, he is one of the great rehabbers, that he does everything, absolutely everything right as far as his rehab is concerned when he comes back from injury. If he does this again, the question needs to be asked. What's is it, this what, all worth it?
1: What do you, what do you mean? For
0: Manly, well, Manly can't be using as much of their salary cap as they are on Tom yeah, if hang, he's not available. Because, d- on, because availability do you is now expect, a skill. Do you know it's it, a skill. Do you you have, have to be available.
3: No, you, I, I don't agree. I don't that, agree with that. I don't if you agree with that.
0: have that investment in how, your, in
1: your salary you, cap ha, in a player, how, how can that? How can how can you be 100% fit? Or how can you guarantee anyone's going to get on the park and not get injured but, in a sport like this? I, 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 I'm not saying I'm not saying they've got to think about okay, how much money? Do you think Tommy T is not going to miss a game for the rest of his career? No, not not at all. Okay, I'm not saying so that. I'm even saying... if he tweaks his back, is that okay? If he does a calf, is that okay? If he rolls his ankle, is that okay? If he busts his shoulder, is that okay? If he does his hamstring, it's it's an injury. This guy's running at a hundred percent, twenty four seven. This guy's playing one of the hu- hmm. toughest sports in the world. He's going to get injured again. He's got he's going to miss he's games of footy. Playing
0: like thirty percent of no, his games under- over the, a long understand. course of time. Now.
1: Understand that. Understand that. But I think there's got to be an expert. You can't expect this dude not to get injured again and not miss games of footy. Totally get that. But it, I'm so- saying a longer term injury because again. Because the other thing as well, the
0: question need will need to be asked. Right. So do you, T, do you want Tommy T?
1: Do you want Tommy T as the X Factor genius he is, or mate, he can play at eighty percent and still play first grade footy. He could just cool. He could go, mate. I'll play in the centres. I don't want to play fullback anymore. He could still, he could run at eighty percent and be as quick as his teammates. Mm. But this, this is the thing where I think you've got to also. Be, I understand if you're paying big money, you want your player on the park, but it's mate. It's no different. Look at a fast bowler, mate. From seventeen to twenty five, you know he's getting stress fractures. Probably three times. But then you hope that build-up of strength, that muscle memory, that consistency with rehab, that discipline around even drinking alcohol during a season, whatever it takes, then your body does get to a place where, okay, it can take it. But I, I don't think it's realistic
2: to think that Tommy well, T is yeah. not going to get injured yeah, again. we're going to offload him. Every club would right. buy him. And, Man, they'd, and they'd be picking up a club. cheap buy because Manly would have to pay him so much money mate. to offload him, mm. and people would be going, I'll have, him, I'll have him at that price.
1: If I'm on the board at the Tigers, I'm buying him for half the season. So Manly He's might that look good. at
2: moving him on, but other clubs will pick him up yeah. mate. and just, pick up a bargain. I was just asking the question, if it happened again,
1: what would happen? The, the, for him, the mental challenge would be the toughest – but, again, people can do – like, there's also different levels of, of doing your injury as well. Like, if he's ripping it off the bone, very different to him tearing fibres. You know, if it's a grade one, he's out for 10 days. So, he misses two games of footy or one – like, it, I, I, I just don't think it's realistic to think that Tommy T's not going to get injured again. And if it happens to be his hemi again,
4: mm-hmm.
1: that's, what's the difference between if it's his calf, if it's his – bat. like, with, so everyone's got some sort of weakness. Whether it be the way they play, their strengths, like could be that might be his weakness in his body. So if he manages it as well as he possibly can, he'll still get the best out of himself, which is still as good as anyone in the NRL.
0: We've got Matt on the line. G'day, Matt. G'day, how Yeah, good, thanks, mate.
4: I've just seen uh, the meeting yesterday still hasn't uh, reached anywhere with the Players Union and uh, Peter is The thing I find a bit interesting... I've... Just one Quentin he seems to got such a power rush out of his job, he doesn't want to uh, come to the party after things he runs the game now. Especially how much they've got a twenty percent pay rise this year. I don't know what too many other jobs have got that much a uh, pay rise. And I thought they well, wouldn't they have ABNs, they've got to look after all this sort of stuff themselves and they just seem to be wanting too much. And lucky they've got the land he's running the joint, they wouldn't even be bidding for this sort of money. Probably only be ten million. That's what they've got to remember. There's not many better administrators than him running around.
0: I guess in, in Clint's defence, it, it's been a lot more than about money. Is he, he came on our show. He's got and told a power rush question.
4: out of his job. Well, yeah. like union members, they get a bit of authority and it goes the head.
0: I, I think there's so much at play, Clark. You've been a part of these, it's of course. tough but, situation
4: because he's talking for the players he, as well yeah, every exactly.
0: day. He's trying, to st- yeah. he's trying
1: to keep the players... Out of it and him be the face of it to look after them. Um, this is the problem with it. I think because you now you hear both sides through the media as well. This is where the you can never win as a player. Like as soon as you're asking for anything more, it's just and especially with what's gone down. We've had COVID. We've had you know people losing their jobs, losing their businesses every single day. Um, it just it's just it's a, such a tough situation for for the players, and that's why I think Clint sort of going well. I'll take the brunt of it. I'll face the media every day if I have to. Because we saw, uh, I think it was Daly Cherry Evans, wasn't it? Like last week. As soon as he said anything about it, bang, they were straight onto him. So, uh, it's yeah. It, uh,
0: it's I think for the NRL, I just wanted to go, to go away. What was that, Matt?
4: There's strikes going on all around Australia because yeah, uh, train drivers they want five percent pay increases. These players have got twenty percent, they want more. Yeah, yet. and this it's is the t- problem. Oh, no, the players and the
2: PR. No, they, they can never win the. they But what yeah. what, what yeah, they are fighting for has got nothing to do with their pay. Mm-hmm. It, it's not it's not their pay that they're fighting for at the moment because the salary cap has been agreed upon. Well. It's been announced, you know, and the players will accept that it's gone up to, what, $12.5 million from $10 million. A lot of this but, is about but, control but, and influence. Yes, it is. Mm. And, it, and it's also about having a say, mm. and it's about increased money in hardship funds. That they want to uh, control th- as yes, well. Yes, they do. Um, whether they'd be able to control that money or not, oh, I don't know, but it's also about the NRLW, so women getting an opportunity to play, earn money, and have a collecting, a bargaining agreement But is it also about the individuals getting their pay rise? Is it the players getting their pay rise
1: as well as all of that?
2: uh, Well, it it was with minimum pay. Yeah. The minimum wage, they wanted to go up. But that has gone up because of the increase in the salary cap. Yeah, okay. Um, And it's about looking after players when they finish the game. Yeah, retired players. Which I think is... Important yeah, as well sure. because we've already seen a number of players. And I think, was it Dale Fanoucan said something about Andrew Fafita had to get four operations yeah. after the season, major mm. surgeries? Because if he didn't get it in within 12 months, then obviously he has to pay covered. for it himself. Yeah. He's got to pay for himself. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: And a lot of so the time, your injuries, you like you well, find out years, years in advance, don't you? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I understand mm. their. They're fighting for those type of things. Um, and, I, and I hope that that gets put into a CBA because mm. I think it's so important. And then with concussion, head knocks, there's a lot of you know, things we're finding out now about um, you know what happens mm. if you continually get your, your head knocked around in a contact sport like Rugby League, the long-term effects and where does that leave your health? So so I think they've got to come to there's common ground a lot of things there that they're fighting for. Do you think there'll be a strike? Do you think the players will go like oh. it'll get to that stage? No, I Well yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. But for me on the outside looking in, both parties are going to give something. Mm. And if both parties aren't willing to give, possibly <laughs> there will be a strike.
0: Uh <laughs> The Divide Desert Classic was won by Rory McIlroy last night by one stroke ahead of uh, Patrick Reed, the villain in golf. And uh, he won by one shot, did McIlroy, and Lucas Herbert finished third. Now, Loz, you're needed in your hometown. Now, we know you've done a lot of work with the <laughs> June Diesels mm. and getting them back into Group 9. They've got a team back in Group 9 yep. this year, don't they?
2: Well, ah, We have, yes. Well,
0: we just got the Today Show on in our studio in here, and... Uh, the last bank in June E is shutting down, so the locals are rallying together to ensure this bank stays open daily. You are needed What's in your happened, hometown.
2: Oz? Oh, this is a disgrace! What's happened? In trying to shut down the Commonwealth Bank in June E. Who's in charge? Where do you get your cash then? I know that bloke sitting down. That's Kenny Pasler.
1: <laughs> where do we? Where do you get your cash out? Hey. Where are you going to get your cash I don't from? Know
2: where we're going to get the? And that's straight across the road. <laughs> From the commercial hotel, and next door to the Commonwealth Bank, <laughs> used to be where the tab was in Juno. All right, okay. Yeah. So this is an outrage, and we've you got to know stand up and fight.
0: It looks like you're fighting. Yeah. You need a bank and a, uh, the post office.
1: Oh, is They're the post generally... office go- is the post office gone as oh, well? I did, uh... <laughs> Oh, I, no, remember, I yes. reckon it'd be Buckley. It's probably gone. Everyone probably goes yours. to Walker, You've probably. got a Group 19, but you've got no post office nah. and no bank.
2: Well, no bank. All the other banks have shut down. We, we can't have Commonwealth Bank shutting down. Why because are the banks
0: going? I can guarantee you, barely anyone in that picture we're seeing on the news would have mobile banking. So, no. loss as we yeah. and, you know, my, my old man's the same. Like, you know, you walk down to the yep. bank and you get the job done. Definitely.
2: Still, people still have checkbooks, don't they? I, st- I still have a there checkbook. People look at me there like I'm an go. idiot. What about
1: the jobs for the people <laughs> working in the bank as well?
2: That's another good point. Come
1: on, mate. You're helping people out, yeah. giving them jobs. And then they've got to travel to Wagga. Nah, come on. I'm with you. What do we have to <laughs> if do? If they don't
2: have electronic banking. So, there you go, middle. We need to... Save the bank. Stay, yeah, I'm save the us yeah, do duty. it. I'm with you. Let's get the campaign happening. we the
1: diesels.
0: Now yeah. we're saving the bank.
1: ComBank. My mum worked at the ComBank for 30 years as a teller in Cabram- Cabramatta. Did she? Yep. I remember the old Dolomite account back Maybe in the day. 30 th- years yeah. in Cabramatta as a, as a wow. bank teller. That's got a held story. up twice. I was. About, that was about yeah. next question. Twice she got yeah, held gosh, up. Gosh, jeez. Yep. Amazing. Terrible ordeal. Actually, through. I'm ComBank now. I'm still ComBank. There you go. Loyalty right there. The well, old girl, it, yeah. mum still won't let me change. Her. <laughs> 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 Do you remember when she like, got went, held up? Yeah. yeah, definitely. I was a youngster, I was I'm at school. Say, I remember a back, she was shaken up. Oh. I think the second time I was a bit old, I think I might have been out of home or overseas somewhere. Yeah. But the first time when I was at school, mum was really shaken oh, up. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Worst nightmare yeah. stuff. Mm. Mm. All right. Rightio, I'm fighting. I'm with you, Loz. Yeah, let's
2: fight the banks. Save the banks. Let's bank. take them off. Save on. the bank. Save the bank. <laughs> None of them sponsor this show. Yeah. <laughs> if so, we love you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Brad Davidson from Sky Racing. Good morning, Davo. How are you?
5: Morning, fellas. How are we going?
0: Yeah, really well, thanks. Uh, now, let's review what we saw there at Rose Hill on Sunday. Let's start with the expressway, which uh, provided a shock. Maria Mia, and we're going to speak to Joe Pride later this morning, but what did you make of that outstanding performance from this uh, mare, beating of course Golden Mile and uh, sadly Forbidden Love, the other story to come out of the race, suffered an injury and has been retired.
5: Yeah, she was a great mare, wasn't she? Uh, forbidden Love and uh, sad news out of the, the race that you know, a serious injury will end her racing career, but she'll be able to make a uh, recovery and uh, head to the breeding barn, so we'll look out for her progeny in the in the future, but... Um, a bit of a, a surprise at how easily Maria Mia did it there on the weekend, but look, I suppose we shouldn't be that shocked. Um, Joe Pride he's just an absolute genius at, at getting these tried horses to improve prep after preparation, and she's clearly gone to a new level this campaign, and, and uh, yes, she just absolutely went like a rocket there on, on Saturday, so uh, well done to the connections and uh, and Joe Pride and the team for getting the best out of her. Golden Mile was a solid return, he missed the start, he had to hunt up to be midfield, and sort of petered on the run a little bit late. I still think the jury's out on him to some degree, though, guys. Uh, you know, you had much, much better and horses like that on the on the heels of them there and just not convinced he's as good as everyone thinks just yet. But um, we'll wait and see how his preparation pans out. It was definitely a solid way to kick off his campaign. But uh, Maria Mia, all honest, she was uh, far too good there on Saturday.
2: What did you make of the two winners in the
5: two-year-old races, Dover? Yeah, I thought they were both very impressive, Loz. Red resistance and learning to fly, particularly learning to fly. Uh, I thought that was full of merit. She had to work over, well, overtime early on in the race to, to sort of get up there on speed. And then she was left a, a sitting duck in the straight, but she just kept fighting. And, and when challenged there by still City in the last 100 metres, she had another kick. So uh, she looks a very exciting horse. She ran quicker time than the boys. and. Uh yeah, it looks like uh, all, all systems go. I'm not sure what, what they're doing and where they're going. Um, she's an English horse, so maybe that English Millennium and then potentially, I would say, onto the the, uh, the Blue Diamond or the Golden Slipper. But, um, yeah, excited to see what she can do. Kings Gambit was a bit disappointing, wasn't he? Um, heavily backed and, you know, a lot of people, including myself, thought he was a good thing there on, on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, look, maybe he just needed the run. Maybe he was a bit raw. I'm sure he'll improve and he's got plenty plenty to go. You know, we've seen this in the past sometimes with the Snowden two year old that capitalist he was beaten first up in the autumn and went on to win the golden slipper. Um there's been a couple of examples of it throughout the time. So I definitely wouldn't be sort of sin-bidding him at this stage. I'd like to see him again and see what he's got. But um, you know, on face value there, red resistance was just far too good there in the Canterbury just on the market for the slipper as it stands, by the way,
0: all in with Tab, learning to fly $6, Kings Gambit 7 Red Resistance 8 and then at $9 is Barber, Don Corleone, and Skirt the Law, the Magic Millions winner, as it stands at the moment. But that trial yesterday, which had all the stars in it at
5: Warwick Farm, won by Nature Strip. What would you make of it, Davo? Yeah, it was good. Cool. It was good to see Nature Strip back and, and doing his thing, wasn't it? Because, you know, I think the stable have come out and said he raced a bit tired towards the... At the end of the, the spring campaign after his overseas trip and i think that's um very fair to say and uh yeah look he, he seems to have come back really well um all those behind him seem to be doing the right thing as well heading towards um you know their their autumn campaigns too so look i, I suppose proof will be in the pudding with uh, nature strip so we'll, we'll wait and see he's got to come out and do it on, on race day and show he still wants to be there he is getting on a bit now and uh, still show that he, he's still got that life uh, left in him at the top level and that he's still, you know, the zest for racing and he's still at his absolute best. So um, we'll wait and see how that pans out. But um, lightning stakes first up and all systems go towards another uh, TJ Smith stakes for him. So excited to see what he can do. And, yeah, a number, number of good runs behind him there as well for some very good horses so kicking off their campaign. Who are we following out of the meeting? Look, I think there's a couple there to follow out of uh, the meeting there in Sydney on Saturday. Super pursuit, uh, should have probably won. I think it's fair to say he just copped a a very slow tempo and probably not the best steer. So he looks ready to win this horse. He has been for a while now, and I thought he was one of the runs of the day in the last race there on Saturday. And learning to fly, hard to not follow her off that performance. Um, Yeah, both ends. And being on debut, she's got all the upside in the world. Uh, What are we putting in the bin, I think we've got to throw uh, Wordley in there. He's been taking up a fair bit of the market for a while, and he was very plain on Saturday. He got the right sort of run and, and was held up at the top of the straight, but once out, he, he didn't show anything at all. So I'll put him in the sin. we want to see a bit more from him before he back Wordily again.
0: Uh, text here from old mate from minor. and uh, um, I have no idea what he's talking about, but asked Davo how he pulled up from his bells and balls workout last night.
5: There you go. Yeah, well, this is uh, my, my wife said two weeks ago, come on, I, I want to get fit. I said, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, I got pushed into this 12-week challenge at the local gym. I can give you the tip. Last night was uh, session one, and I don't think I've ever pulled up so sore. So I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, yeah really thanking Kels for that one. But uh, yeah, we'll see how we go in the next few weeks. But yeah, out there last night, So someone's uh, seen that, and, uh, and uh, good fun. <laughs> good stuff, mate. Enjoy, <laughs> and uh, we'll chat tomorrow. Get on, you guys. Cheers. Brad
0: Davidson there, um, just on the banks. Uh, We've got a few techs here. Boys, all the banks will close their ban- branches in the next five years. Uh, Gents, E doesn't need a bank. As more are required in Vaucluse, Mossman, Hunter's Hill, etc. <laughs> uh, it's all BS sending that one <laughs> through. The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, it's back again Friday, February 24. And it's at the ATC. It's at the brand new $46 million Wink stand at Raw Ramwick. Join the Big Sports Brekkie team and special guests from Racing HQ, Sporting and Racing Royalty. Great afternoon. Tickets on sale. Just go to the ATC's website. So just head to australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seat today. Pump, plup, pup, You've got to be yeah.
1: pumped. Wink stand. Yeah. Any good? Awesome. Never been. You well, mean? I swear, I swear I've this. never been to the yep. wink stand, no. Never been. The AB, AB medal last, last night, night. Yeah, yeah, it looked unbelievable, yeah. I've, I've never seen it, never been, but yeah, excited, 24th of Feb, bring it on, day nighter, usually is, <laughs> <laughs> have we got an after uh, be, venue, venue afterwards, Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't know yet, we'll find somewhere, we sure. a wedding the next day, you're going to be dusty, With Ooh, Ouch. you're, you're going to be dusty, yeah can you anyway, borrow
0: your chopper to get down there?
1: I don't have a chopper. You can borrow my car. If you've got someone else to drive it, you won't be in any state to drive.
0: <laughs> uh, just the AB medal last night, by the way. Steve Smith <laughs> won his fourth. Uh, Beth Mooney won her second Belinda Clark Award. Usman Khawaja, the Shane Ward Men's Test Player of the Year. Uh, the Men's One Day Player of the Year was Dave Warner. The T20 Player of the Year, Marcus Stornis. The Women's One Day Player of the Year was Beth Mooney. And the T20 player of the year was Talia McGrath. And uh, Bradman, young cricketer of of the year, went to Lance Morris, the tearaway WA Quick. So the awards there last night. And today, the Aussie players straight to the airport, straight over to the subcontinent, Clark. The first test is... Nine days away.
1: Yeah, exciting, Mido. Well done to all the winners last night. Um, wonderful year from both the men's and the women's team uh, and some, obviously, standout individual performances. So, well done to Smitty as well. Uh, I think he's fourth. He said fourth AV medal. So, uh, he'll be very happy. And, yeah, hopefully, um, boys get on a plane and get over to India and play some, some good aggressive cricket. I think that's going to be an absolute beauty of a series. Uh, India haven't played much Test cricket of late. They've been playing the short form. I actually think they're playing some 2020s still as we speak. Um, a lot of guys rested from their 2020 team. They just beat New Zealand in the one day series. They'll be fresh or as fresh as they can be and they'll be pumped to play Australia. So let's hope we can continue our form from the summer and get off to a good start in India.
0: Well, she's doing the rounds this morning in the media and uh, it is great to have her on after scoring 976 runs in the voting period. Our leading run scorer to ensure that she won the Belinda Clark medal for the second time and was part of a team which won the Ashes on Home Soil, the World Cup in New Zealand, the Commonwealth Games gold in Birmingham as well. Beth Mooney joining us. Beth, good morning and congratulations.
3: Morning, how are we going, guys? All right,
0: really, really well, thanks. And when you look back over uh, the last 12 months or so, I guess what achievement stands out for you?
3: Oh, um, there's a lot of success in there, which is the exciting part, I think. Um, first and foremost, you want to get yourself in the Australian women's team because it's a tough place to get to at the mm. minute, but um, to be part of all that success, I think it's it's hard to choose one moment, obviously. Um, the com games was a bit different because we'd Never done that before, but that ODI World Cup, we'd, we'd been hanging hanging on to that one for a few years, waiting for it to come around and, and hopefully be successful. So um, certainly those two stand out in my mind.
1: Beth, what about you personally? Your performances, again, you know, you look at uh, a lot of wonderful players in, in any sport and it's the consistency of performance. What has been the, uh, the change or the improvement for you personally to now be so consistent with your performance?
3: Yeah, I I think I just enjoy the challenge of batting. As you know, it's a a pretty unforgiving skill at times. You can make half a mistake and be sitting on the pine watching your teammates do their thing. But um, I certainly love the challenge of of wanting to get better, especially in a skill that um, you know isn't full of success all of the time. So um, I enjoy that, and also, yeah, I I just love being out in the middle too. problem-solving and, um, you know, helping whatever team I play for get across the line. So I think those two things certainly drive me to um, score a few more runs. But, yeah, if, I mean, if I could bottle it and sell it, I would, because I'm sure there's a <laughs> plenty of people out there that would love to know the answer. Yeah.
0: So many triumphs. So what's left, I guess, that you want to achieve, Beth?
3: Oh, geez, that's a tough question for 8am. Um <laughs> Oh, I think just a sustained period of success in this team is, is probably what we're after. We we know that there's other countries around the world who are who are getting significantly better. We've seen that with the Indian under-19 women winning their, their World Cup. So um, we know that teams aren't far off the Australian team at the moment, and we've been sort of leading the way and been ahead of the pack for a long while now. But I think the challenge for us is trying to stay there as long as possible and, and bringing teams with us, so to speak. So I think... For me personally that's the next challenge and um you know obviously for the, for this group too exciting time Beth for women's
1: cricket the the, the women's IPL obviously teams were sold recently uh, you guys are playing a lot of T2, T20 and one day cricket where's what's your stance on test cricket for the girls would you like to see more of that
3: yeah absolutely I think um there's probably a, a balance we don't hmm. You know, we didn't grow up playing red ball cricket. It's not in our domestic system, so we can't just overnight be playing five test match series. But um, I think the way forward for us is to um, play those multi-format series against a few other countries. I think we've got one lined up next summer against India and, and South Africa at home. So, um, you know, we whilst we can't play test matches against every every country around the world, if we start playing those multi-format series where we play, a mixture of all three formats across a, a four week window. Um, I think that's probably the way forward to getting a bit more red ball cricket in.
1: How's preparations going for the T20 World Cup as well, which is to be played in South Africa, that's just around the corner for you guys now?
3: Yeah, I think we're at the back end of the, the summer, so um, less less is more for this group. We've got, um, you know, obviously our, our game against Pakistan on Sunday got washed out, so we have sort of got a week off the tools, which is good. We, we get to South Africa, I think, on Wednesday and um, don't start training till Saturday. So um, once, we, once we get over there, we'll have a couple of days rest and, and hit the ground running with, with a couple of practice games too. So, um, yeah, I think preparations are going well. Everyone seems to be in pretty good nick after a big summer. So hopefully that holds us in good stead. And
0: Clarkie asked you about the women's IPL. And just curious how you think it will change the game, Beth,
3: uh, I, I, it's hard to put a measure on that one. I think just the opportunity, um, we're, we're seeing more of that across across the globe for women's cricket, whether it's with the WPL or obviously the WVBL and, and the 100. So um, we're, we're certainly playing a lot more cricket and there's a, a, a lot more platforms to, to play in different leagues and um, play under different coaches and, and play with different teammates. So uh, oh, I think it'll be huge. Uh, obviously, it's something that, everyone wants to be a part of. So, um, yeah, it'll be a, an interesting waiting game for a few of us. But, um, yeah, hopefully it's a, it will be very successful, I, I assume.
0: Well, another huge year on the national front, uh, that T20 World Cup, Women's Ashes in the middle of the year as well. But I hope you can enjoy at least and uh, yeah, take some time out to appreciate winning your second Belinda Clark Award. Congratulations once again, and thanks for your time this morning, Beth.
3: No worries. Thanks for having me.